boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Ah! Rocker! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? Better give me those shoes, then mine give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist! They're coming! They're coming! Hello, hello, hello! It's the Screaming Queens and we're back for 2017. Or at least some of us are back. Mm. That naughty, naughty Jonathan Larkin's been cheating on us. <laughs> <laughs> so he's sat in the corner with a red behind because I've smacked his butt butt. <laughs> he's a naughty boy going off, recording with somebody else. So... <laughs> I've untied the gag. I'm the fourths are here. So I'm Martin Fennerty. I'm Jonathan Butler. I'm Stephen Moore. And I'm that slut Jonathan Larkin. <laughs> Um, and we're here back, um, we've had our wonderful first episode with Jonathan and Rachel in this bit, which was really, really, it was a great episode. And I'd like to thank Rachel for taking part in the episode, because it, uh, it was really great listening to it the other day. Thanks, and it's had a, had a really good reaction, so thanks for getting us off to a great start Ooh. in 2017. And we're here celebrating, actually, because yeah. today... Friday the 13th, and <laughs> um, we're able to celebrate our 3,000th download ever. So in just over a year, that's where we've reached. So thank you very much all our listeners. It's brilliant. Thank you. We're, we're delighted. And congratulations, boys. We made it. Can we retire now? And they said oh. it wouldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone for Prosecco? Oh, yes, please. Yay! <laughs> that wasn't the Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen's shifting around very awkwardly <laughs> in his seat. <laughs> I love how the first went, went to me. <laughs> <laughs> one of those glasses has got, I've just noticed one of those glasses has got a chip in it. Oh, I've overflowed. Oh, no. I'm overflowing all over the table. Oh, such a mess. Oh, guys, I've just watched the Greasy Strangler as well. <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to... Well, some of us are going to talk about some of the films we've watched in 2016. I've not done that bit of the homework. Um, and then we're going to move on to talk about two films which really are interesting reflections on fame and the corruption of fame and the desire for beauty or lost beauty and youth. Whatever happened to Baby Jane with the wonderful Betty Davis and the slightly less wonderful Joan Crawford. You leave you Joan know, alone. You know which team I'm on. No. <laughs> and the interesting ethereal neon demon. So first of all, let's get started and talk about 2016, the year of death. <laughs> <laughs> the true horror was what happened to everyone in Hollywood, wasn't it really? Let's face it. Um, we survived. We, we survived, yeah, just about it. I thought it was quite a good year for horror. Was it, would you say that a lot of the good ones were indies? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think it's been, I think because Hollywood's and mainstream horrors have been 
so poor that I think yeah. the independents have stepped up this year, really. Yeah, yeah. And I like the fact that the one one of the ones that was the main Hollywood one was Blair Witch, wasn't it? Mm. And that was really badly yeah. received. Yeah. And Conjuring 2 as well. Was... Conjuring 2, although that did... That was okay. That did all right, didn't it? Mm. I don't know how it did box office wise, but... It did enough to get a sequel. They can probably make those fairly inexpensive. Yeah. There's no big stars in them, really, so the, the fees are not going to be astronomical, are they? That's true, yeah. I guess the studios aren't really doing anything terribly interesting, no, it's generally, not. in any genre no. or form, are they? They're very, very, very cautious. They've got yeah. no balls at all. No. Yeah, very safe. It's just superheroes and superheroes and superheroes. Yeah. I'm a superhero fan, but it's like... And franchises and yeah, remakes. Franchises yeah. and remakes. They don't want to make it, take any risks trying no, to get box so office, are they? I hate the fact that they've taken all of the unoriginal ideas in the world and turned them into something that they call a universe. Mm. <laughs> Everything's got to be yeah. from the same universe well, or the same fandom. The Universal Monster franchise. Yeah. Yet. So they're going to shit all over our favourite monsters as well, well. I think The Mummy is, is part of the... You know, that Dracula Untold that a yeah. couple of years ago. I think that was the start and The Mummy's getting part of that universe. So right. we've got a new Universal Horror universe. <laughs> universal universe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I just think they come up with a different word. Well, mm. uh, to be fair, there's been a lot of uh, big failures this year. There was a lot of things that I think studios were banking on that didn't do very well at all. Like what? I think, well, just one example, Paramount in the year, like, you know, uh, April to March 2016, mm. 2017, they're on, rep, they're on track to lose about $500 million. They don't have a hit soon, they're in trouble. Like. Maybe they need to bring Jason Voorhees back. Mm. That was Paramount, wasn't it? That's why I think they stick to these franchises, though, because they bring in money whether they're good or not. But that's it. But they not. They didn't bring in the money. So I think up until that point, it was that was the rationale. It was people know these products. It doesn't matter what it is. People know them. They've got it. They've got an already installed fan base. Yeah. But then the people just people didn't go and see Ben Hare. People didn't go and see Ghostbusters. The new Star Trek didn't really make much money. So I like that as well. People said, yeah, people said it was good. Was good. The word of mouth must have been really bad because mm. I think the drop off was like seventy five percent in from yeah. week one to week two. So, so I think the studios. It's are like Madonna sort of, album. It's like Madonna <laughs> albums now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I think probably the the small budget horror is probably gonna get a bit bigger because there was some real successes in Ooh. 2016 so the studios are probably up for that like Sony the money that Sony lost on Ghostbusters they probably made back on The Shallows because that was right. a really inexpensive film so yeah. probably they'll probably look to like uh, all those things uh, Hush yeah. and Lights Out all those were mm-hmm. 10 million dollar films so yeah. they'll probably look to go push further that way now yeah yeah. I look back at what's been made and I look back at what's been made and um it looks like I've seen quite a lot of films. I've seen The Witch, Don't Breathe, Blair Witch, Greasy Strangler Tonight, Under the Shadow, Hush, Conjuring 2, 31, The Boy, The Shallows, and Neon Demon. That's mm-hmm. quite a few. Oh, yeah. I've crammed most of those in the last two weeks. I've seen most of those as well. Yeah. So we've done, we've done all right, yeah. really. Have you got a favourite from 2016? Other than, because we're going to go on to Neon Demon, aren't we? But have you got a favourite? Um, probably out of those you've listed, um, The Witch. Mm. The Witch was absolutely my favourite, I think, out of those films. Um, they're the one that I just... It, I wouldn't have known about it unless you'd told me about it, really, or I'd, I'd happened to pick up on it on um, Netflix. Hush was a really good... Yeah. Hush was a really good film, and I think we talked about that, didn't we, in um, yeah. an episode. It was just... It was it was done really well in terms of the, you know, the damsel in distress and... 
vulnerability and using somebody with a disability in a in a film. It was it was drawn really really well. Yeah, yeah. What are you, Stephen? What are you got to say? Yeah, I just come to which because it was originally released in 2015 in the festival so I took it out of my list mainly because I knew it would be at the top Yeah. so I wanted to make it a bit more difficult and I came down and pushed it Pedant Pedant I think Hush was probably my favourite of the year I think it was the most interesting new take on something although I did watch that autopsy of a Jane Doe's day which mm, was, good. was pretty damn good so I was quite impressed by this it was the best one I've watched okay. in the week leading Mm. to this when I tried to cram some 2016 I would have got rid of some of the ghost stuff and in the Jane Doe film yeah <laughs> it's just the actual real horror leading up to it is a lot more interesting and yeah. I would like to have seen that develop as opposed to going supernatural on me it didn't need to can you do like a top 10 yeah I'll, 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 do, I'll do the list of 10 <laughs> but I think someone we've already spoke about anyway well Neon Demon we're gonna, we'll talk about it in a bit but Baskin was I like really like that. Was that this year? Yeah, it was fairly early on this year. Oh, okay. Well, I think it might have been on festivals in twenty fifteen. Mm, I think it, a few of them might be fair. Yeah. For real people. I think yeah. Yeah, for, for real people. The Witch as well. That was one of my favourites. Uh, see, I don't know. I really, there was one I really liked. South Korean one called The Wailing. I was going to watch that today, and then so that it was up to two and a half hours. Yeah, it's it's quite yeah. long, but it is very good. I think. I mean, uh, the Greasy Strangler, obviously. Think for just for pure <laughs> entertainment, and I think that's sucked to be this year. Yeah, but I think the Wayland is probably the best made horror film. Yeah. It's weird because it's a bit of everything. It's got like a police procedural drama and it's got a thriller and a ghost story and a horror in there. So yeah. it's it covers all the bases. Anyone who's a fan of South Korean films will probably mm. enjoy it. And it is good. I say it's a bit, it's a bit of a slog, but it's worth sticking with. But I think yeah, for entertainment value, I couldn't. Greasy Strangler. Greasy Strangler. I've just I've just watched Greasy Strangler and laughed out loud about seventeen times. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. It's quite a simple story, isn't it? It's about a really dysfunctional father and son who live together. The son meets a girl, he gets a love interest, but the dad fancies her as well. But the dad is also the Greasy Strangler. It's a serial killer. Although the very first scene he says, You probably think I'm the Greasy Strangler. Yeah, yeah. And he, he gets naked and covers himself in grease and goes and strangles people until their eyes pop out. And other various things. Um, it must be very hard to strangle someone when you're covered in grease. Well, I would, yeah, I would. Mm. But he gets, that. like, powered up, doesn't he, when he's covered in grease. He's a super like strong... Monster yeah. mutant tech thing, doesn't he? <laughs> the giant cock. <laughs> he's got the giant cock all the time. He's got the giant cock all the time. That's not part of his... That's not a superpower he's just got. (laughs) (laughs) That is a superpower. It is. But it's real gross out John Waters meets Napoleon Dynamite meets David Lynch fucked up weirdness. And yeah, anything that's got like somebody... (laughs) Anything that's got somebody uh, grabbing their ankles, pulling them back by their heads and doing a fart at the camera. (laughs) It's going to win for me. Um, Yeah, I do recommend that. I think my favourite of the year... Is probably the witch. If you go back to our um, last series, mm-hmm. you'll see we did an episode on the witch and a few other things that were that are on the 2016 list. So I won't go into the witch, but that that was that was a great one for me. Uh, I will say that when I was trying to cram things in, I watched three films that were from 2015. <laughs> 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 I was like, great. <clears throat> so I watched Starry Eyes, Green Room, and The Final Girls. Thinking. Well, I think Green, Green Room was, was, was this year, year. Was out this year. Oh, okay. I went to see it in the cinema this year. Oh, okay. So I watched those three. I did my Green Room. I hate the Green Room. Yeah. I, I thought it was really overrated. 
It's it's alright, it could it could have done more. I like I mean the cast oh, like the, the casting against character of Patrick Stewart I thought was interesting, but But I thought he didn't come I didn't know it was him. Yeah. I didn't know it was him at all yeah. until you told me about it. And I was like him. And I was like, Oh shit. But I thought what was his accent supposed to be? I don't know. He was like too posh to be that character. Mm. Yeah. And there's too much talking, the dialogue was just ridiculous. Yeah, the dialogue was a bit um, I mean, I like some the of the dog was just a bit much. Yeah, like the, the practical effects, the gore and the violence and stuff, I quite like. That was but, all alright, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it was a bit of a race like, but it's a, it's topping one of like people's top horror lists and stuff, and it's like I, I think yeah. it's just like it's like hipster horror. Yeah, think, but yeah, anyone, no, it is definitely, it's definitely that. Anyone who's been to an actual punk gig, yeah, would laugh at that yeah. fucking audience. <laughs> yeah, I thought that it didn't feel real. And um, the final girls. Has anyone seen the final girls? I did. I. I, I didn't like it. I mean, I wouldn't. Not that I didn't like it. I just thought I, thought I was. You'd love it. I was expecting a bit more. Yeah. I, th- I was really tired, so I'm gonna give it a go. Yeah. But I fell asleep with my boyfriend and was watching it, and then he hit me in the morning because he said there was shit. So. Oh. <laughs> but he's got no taste. That's fine. Okay. Well, I I loved it, and I wonder what Mom might think of it as well. Um, I just remembered there was a looping scene, and she was yeah. rediscovered it, and that is the my only memory of it, and I yeah. fell asleep. It's a bit buffy. It's got kind of buffy episode. Yeah. I did a good one uh, called Eyes of My Mother. Okay. Is, um, a, that's pretty good. It's like a weird... Uh, it's, it's hard to describe. It's this girl in, in the little shack with the mum in like middle America somewhere and then this travelling salesman comes one day, knocks on the door and murders her mum. He must be like some travelling serial killer. But then she gets her own back on the sky and ends up torturing him. Right. But... Okay. It's interesting. I think it's the way it's shot as well. It's all done in black and white, so it's really like yeah. stark up and it looks really, really good. Eyes of my mother. Yeah, it's worth a look. I mean, it's, a, it, it's quite simple, but it's worth a look. Mm. I watched The Forest. Oh, yeah. Which I really quite enjoyed. The scares are cheesy scares. Although I'm forever a sucker for a little Japanese schoolgirl, and she was terrifying as fuck. I was the one creepy Japanese girl. Yeah, I just did not like her one bit I genuinely clenched on to my friend like oh my god I can't deal um, I just don't like them is but it got Natalie Dorn yeah. yeah from Game of Thrones and, and W.E. the lad is oh right, yeah of course that's what that means the lad is out of Vampire Diaries believe I don't know don't watch it don't like him but he's gorgeous okay very salt and peppered like hung and was hot and Basically, the story is she, his sister goes missing in Japan into this forest, which is where people go and commit suicide. It's oh, famous so it's a real place, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real place. But the kind of backstory of this forest, I think, was really scary and creepy. They used, to, like, back in the days when everyone was really poor in Japan, they used to take, like, the disabled and the old people out to the forest and leave them there to die. <laughs> like, in real life, this is the story of that forest, and I was just like, wow. They could rather watch a documentary about that forest. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please let me know because I was fascinated. I think there might be. Yeah, there will be. Yeah, I was reading Wikipedia for it. What would you say was the absolute worst thing of twenty sixteen? Good question. Uh, oh, without a doubt, thirty one. Uh, well, the only one that it. <laughs> the Rob Zombie film. Um, if you want to know my full review of thirty one, <laughs> go and look on our blog on um, screamingqueens.com and you'll see what I thought of it, but needless to say, I thought it was atrocious. 
just awful in every way. Every creative decision that was made was the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They let Rob Zombie direct it. They let Rob Zombie direct it. They let Rob Zombie write it. They let Shaman Zombie in it. It was just shit. And then they released it? And then they released it. (laughs) Then they released it. I just thought it was awful. And I went in there as well because I I liked Devil's Rejects. Sort of like the Halloween remake, the first one, sort of, just because it was, it was interested to see another oh, angle. Okay. But then watching it again, I don't like it. But then Halloween 2, awful. Oh, God. <laughs> Lords of Salem, awful. That's the worst film I've ever seen. But I thought, it's been a while, <laughs> so I thought maybe he's, like, you know, learned something. But he just makes all the same mistakes, because he's just crap, and he's he is to screenwriting what... Hitler was to Jewish people. I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> how he makes the devil rejects though. Like that, that film is absolutely great, but and hits so many good notes that I'm like, how do you do that and then fail at everything else you touch? He's used all his good ideas in one go. I think the devil rejects is just a simple, mm-hmm. low concept grindhouse movie, whereas everything else he's 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 overreached his yeah, his trying to do his minimal talent. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm possessed by the spirit of Betty Davis. Say <laughs> <laughs> so fuck you, Rob Zombie. Passing your seatbelt. <laughs> Do we have any other thoughts about 2016? In terms of horror films, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, the, not the, the year in general. Oh, R- sorry, R.I.P. William Peter Blatty just died. Yeah, oh, to, yeah today. Mm-hmm. Wrote The Exorcist. Big inspiration for me. I think he was a bit of a homophobe as well. But, you know, I'm not going to dwell on that. We need to skip over that. We need to skip over that. Again, we've got an episode on The Exorcist where we have a few different opinions there. That's very interesting listening. Yeah. yeah. So go yeah, back and listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, the highlights of my 2016 horror wise was The Exorcist TV series. If it would have ended episode 8, I thought that was a great end of the season. I thought Gina Davis in episode 9, I thought, what the fuck's going on? So did I. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. They kind of redeemed themselves for the last episode, but... Yeah. Uh, become possessed I was just like oh. that was silly because I don't have it. I'm not keen on any possession stuff but and she was really like camp and arch yeah. however <laughs> the scene where she mo- tried to molest her own daughter <laughs> did oh, no. shit Martin's just been spoiled it's fine oh, oh god I'm sorry it's <gasps> another back mark oh, against you two ticks against me now it's more smacks to your bot boss later. Fair, John Butler's one who said she got possessed. Repossessed? I just said that she's trying to finger her own daughter. <laughs> but that, but that it was, was all in good taste. Yes. <laughs> that was a surprise for me, and I thought. It was quite high roll up until then. So. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, thought, I thought kudos to them for having the balls to go there. Mm. Although, really I, I thought, it's as weird as it sounds, like the lack of swearing kind of affected it for me because in the film it's so shocking that the kid's saying these words and in this you have people people getting chopped to pieces and doing oh my god this is awful he's like you swear give me a life you swear yeah. he'd be like stop chopping me up you cunt <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of that kind of yeah I know what you mean it's like it's like with loads of American things you know you can have people getting raped but someone, no one can swear it's like yeah. oh if someone has a swear word that's the end of the world yeah. but yeah the kid can get fingered that's fine <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers. So, shall we move on to our first... 2016 horror. 2016. <laughs> <laughs> our first 2016 horror of 2017. <clears throat> so, our first 
film we're going to talk about is The Neon Demon. Does anybody want to give a synopsis of it? That's like your choice. Go on, John. It was my choice, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's basically a young girl, Elle Fanon, uh, plays Jessie. She's like a small town girl. <laughs> I won't finish the rest of it. Um, <laughs> um, um, she, <laughs> <laughs> um, she moves to LA, basically. I'm, I'm, she says at some point that her parents have died, but you don't really know if that's true. So she's basically, it's that old trope of, you know, moving to LA, I'm going to be a star, I'm going to gonna make a name for myself. I'm all alone. Yeah. And um, she ends up falling in, falling in with the group of other supermodels, as you oh do, gosh. as you know. We've all been there. <laughs> and it's about her and what happened to her. Yeah. It's a good way to describe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I see 20 or 30 girls come in here every day, mostly from small towns with big dreams. And they're all good. You, you're going to be great. Beauty isn't everything. It's the only thing. She has that thing. Look at Jessie. Who wants sour milk when you can get fresh meat? I know what I look like. Women would kill to look like this. kind of like a fairy tale yeah. it was trying to be that's what the director was trying to do he was trying to make it like a, a twisted fairy tale based on you know this trope of going to Hollywood and becoming famous I, I went into it blind really mm. all I knew was that it was caused a, a, a bit of a stare on the horror scene people either loved it or hated it that was mm. what I, that's what I went into it with and I love drive <clears throat> yeah. so I thought well if it's a, at least if it's a stylish drive I'll enjoy that element of it I'm in that sense, it really delivered for me. Mm. I thought. Yeah, it looked, I think yeah, it looks it looks amazing. It sounded amazing. The Cliff yeah. Martinez, isn't it? it? His music was fabulous. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of it's got like a Van Gogh style to it as well. I yeah. think it reminds me of like a, like seventies eighties mm. Van Gogh yeah, yeah. retro stuff, which, yeah. which I really liked. But yeah, I loved the opening. I thought the opening images that, were amazing. Yeah, the uh, the like the photo shoot where she's murdered. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's very David Lynch-Bell like. It is, yeah, yeah. I was instantly hooked on that. I did yeah. like the glamour at the beginning. Yeah, it put me in mind of um, Blue and Black Lace actually in a way. Just because it was just very, it was just very still, wasn't it? Mm. And glamorous. Yeah. Ultra glamorous. Ultra glamorous. Yeah. Yeah, I think if the director probably has taken some influence from Jello, because I think his next film he's directing, I think, is a remake of what he's done to Solange. Oh, is it? Which is a Jello, which is next, his next film. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think the pacing of it and stuff and just the style of it I think is very 
very like a Jalo, that's what it reminds me of. But Jalo, yeah, the, the slow one, he does, yeah. he said they are quite slow in the films. This sort of unfold slowly and mm. surely, don't they? Everything from the opening images to the sort of anorexic, shady, shady bitches in the club, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this. It came across a bit like Mean Girls versus Suspiria. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I, I definitely got to Suspiria, like, um, influence. And there's very few actual men in it. I think there's only one, there's one scene where two men speak to each other the rest of the film. It's just, it's all women, mm-hmm. which is yeah. like Suspiria. All the, the men in Suspiria are all in the background. So way part. There was some great bitches I look at the beginning. No, that's just that's just just great. Is that your real nose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a great way to meet someone. <laughs> I want to know what your colour lipstick would be. Because <laughs> I was quite into this. I was like... Oh, what was it now? So, sex or food? Or? Sex or yeah, food. I think well, it'd be women are likely to buy lipstick if they're named after sex or food. Ah, right, yeah. Hmm. I decided on blushing penis. Subtle. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'll have to think on that one. Anyone else got one? If somebody doesn't go with brown flower, then you're just missing out. <laughs> 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 I came up with hundreds. <laughs> think perineum. Think oh. perineum. That's probably the one for me. Yeah, that's good. Smooth and silky. (laughs) I think that I wish I had your hair. Is this your natural colour? You're just so beautiful. Don't you think that she's just perfect? Is that your real nose? Yeah. God, life is so unfair. Gigi just got out of the body shop. She's still a little sensitive. You had work done? (laughs) You say that like it's a bad thing. Sweet, plastics is just good grooming. Imagine going a year without brushing your teeth. I go to this guy in Beverly Hills. Andrew. Dr. Andrew. She's in love with him. (laughs) Of course I love him. Look at me. He calls me the bionic woman. Is that a compliment? I hear your parents are dead. That must be really hard for you. Do you have other family? No. No one at all? You must have a boyfriend. All she really wants to know is, who are you fucking? Sorry. I love that line as well where she says that um, plastic surgery is just good grooming. Yeah. 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 And I hear your parents are dead. It's like, yeah, when she's, when she's like clearly more attractive than she's just like, I need to pull her down any, yeah. in any way possible. Yeah. Your parents are dead. I thought they... <laughs> it reminds me of the leading gentleman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would never say you're fat. But that doesn't mean yeah. someone else was. <laughs> yeah. But she was one of the kind people. She yeah, was. Yeah. She was one of the kind people. So she's it's Christina Hendricks from Mad Men, isn't it? She plays the agent. She says that, doesn't she? Mm. Yeah. And she, to me, is an amazing actress because she always plays characters who are quite cold and removed, but they're, also, they're, they're instantly likeable. Yeah. They've got a warmth to them, and she just does that like in a heartbeat. When she walks out as well and sees the women in the lobby and just goes, you can leave. You can leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, so I, yeah, I think the dialogue is brilliant as well. I mean, obviously, yeah. I like the the look of it. Aesthetically, I think it's just amazing. But there's so much great dialogue in it. I think. Yeah. Well, 
It's something that has to come. I didn't get onto it the first time I watched it, but one of the first questions they ask it is, "Are you food or sex?" Yeah. No. Yeah. No. What happens mm. later on? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Let's just say no. Spoiler alert for the, for the rest of this episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one big spoiler. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought I thought the performances were were perfect. Everything mm. was perfect. Those girls knew exactly who they were playing, mm. and what what I found really interesting. Also, because I work in TV as well, I've been at parties that are like this, <laughs> <laughs> and I am lucky because I get to run a mile away from it and decide yeah. whether or not. Uh, Do they have the, Jap- go the Japanese rope bondage as well? Do they have that at the they have party? All, they oh, have they all have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kid stuff. Oh, kid kids stuff. We have in the show. <laughs> um, what I thought, what, what really interested me, I'd like to see if there's any interviews with the actresses mm-hmm. online. Actually, was whether those actresses playing those parts really knew what they were doing because they'd really been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because whether you're a model or an actress, mm-hmm. you're going to be stuck with those types of people, and that's the kind of world that you you have to move in. You have to bring people down by hook or by crook, or they're going to bring you down. And I thought that probably added to their performances. I thought they were all really good. I think there was something quite interesting between like one of the main girls and one of the main bitchy girls and all star. Gigi was, was like the one. One of them, I think, when they have that. The catwalk session. Really That's like, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, she was really good. There's like the scene in the bathroom afterwards, and she's like trying to come oh, to yeah. everything. But like they're talking about how everyone stares at the main girl, and they don't stare at her in the same way. She's invisible. Yeah. And what I thought was actually quite interesting about that is they look practically identical. Mm-hmm. And I kind of yeah. liked this idea of like they were both stunning, gorgeous girls that were competing for the same job, but one of them had something over the other that. I couldn't see. Anything. Well, that's that's, uh, that's 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 the hard and that's, that was really interesting. Yeah, and I think that's what that was the journey that um, Jessie went on in that film, wasn't it? Because at the beginning, she was very distinct, and that's why she was popular. Mm. But actually, as she goes through the film and becomes more, or becomes less herself, and more and, like them, and more like <laughs> them, and more, more narcissistic, the less unique she looks mm. actually mm. I was watching mm. it with Matt my boyfriend and he said in the end I couldn't really tell who was her yeah um, and it and so yeah I think that is it that's on purpose isn't it is it that point where she asks she where she asks Jessie what's it like to walk into a room yeah. like it's yeah. the middle of winter and, and you're the sun and I thought that's yeah. just a brilliant yeah. line it's good imagery as you yeah. said it's, it's everything yeah, yeah. there's like aspects of the film that don't make sense to me like I don't understand why what's his name out of the matrix was there Keanu Reeves Keanu Reeves is just there as a random pedophile but he doesn't really are he just the, the, the guy who runs the hotel isn't he he's there at the beginning and then he goes for no reason Right, well, to me, one of the strengths of the film, because I do think there are flaws, I didn't love it as much as these two did, but one of the strengths of the film is, and if you've been... You've been to LA? Yeah. You've been to LA? Anyone? No. no. When, when you're there... Oh, it's so hard to explain, but when you're there, it's it's a horrible, horrible place. <laughs> it's a horrible place. It's like a wasteland with no culture. Mm. It's rapid in every way. And for me, I don't know about you... But at the minute I left, I thought I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back. <laughs> it's like all of Lana Del Rey's songs are boiled down into one thing. That's 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 what it feels like. And the horror of LA. There's a darkness there that there's no there's no darkness like that anywhere else in the world. There's a real mm. darkness where everyone is expendable. Everyone is food or sex. Yeah. Like the thirteen year old runaway girl 
you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for me Keanu Reeves was there to to illustrate that part just the mm-hmm. seedy underbelly everyone there was an archetype so you got Keanu Reeves was the seedy dirty smelly underbelly of it mm-hmm. the photographer Jack the, Jack sorry yeah. the designer he was the he was the industry mm-hmm. and the girls were all the the vampires you know who were trying to get somewhere um, and um, Ruby was the sort of the desperate horrible loneliness of people who live there they, everyone in it seemed to yeah. represent yeah. a yeah. different factor that makes LA the true American horror story for me I think I quite liked him like I wish there would have been some kind of resolution with that character as opposed to like I suppose it's left open and he just well, continues no, like, to do what it is I'd like to have seen more happen with him well mm-hmm. I would have liked something more to develop because it yeah. felt like apart from that it was kind of that subplot yeah then just felt like it was just to make him move out and that was the entire point yeah and being there like along with the pamper that just gets into the room oh they had the mountain lion which yeah. comes, he comes yeah. down after the wildcats yeah. yeah yeah that happens all the time which are strangely just not on which planets which focuses on the fact that there is all these like lions and pampas just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. lying all the time right? yeah if you go jogging in the hollywood hills you're warned against wildcats because mm. you could be killed you could be eaten in the hills be eaten in Hollywood, but he makes a play for the damage, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, okay, picking on a little 13 year old girl, but she didn't do anything, like, yeah. Being a creepy rapist is one thing, but like, charging someone for a lion, wrecking <laughs> up the room is uncalled for. I, yes, I agree, totally. <laughs> I think there's, there's so many great scenes. I think the where she has the first photo shoots, but it's like it's all white, and then he just comes in and rubs all the gold paint on yeah. it, yeah. It's just that's that amazing. But then, but he what didn't really do anything to it, did he? It was like you thought it was going to go that way, and then when it didn't, it was like a surprise almost. Mm-hmm. You thought, probably, yeah, he's probably gay. Yeah, I thought that was why it was kind of sexual that mm-hmm. he didn't do anything, but it just felt really intimate. Mm-hmm. If he just groped a boob, it probably wouldn't have felt sexual. It would have been heavy. But she's not a sex object for him. She's a commodity, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. She's an she's an object. She's part of his set. And I guess in that world, everything's a facsimile, isn't it? So you don't mm-hmm. actually eat real food. You mm. beat each other. Mm-hmm. You don't fuck real people. You fuck them over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And you don't think the closest you get to sexual intimacy is somebody rubbing body paint on you yeah. or doing your makeup. She is the star for me, the makeup girl. Ruby. Ruby. Okay. Jenna Malone. She she sort of had that sort of desperation, that loneliness that takes you to a creepy level, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know? And then when you find out what a job is as well, it's like, oh, that adds to it. It's like, yeah, that's. Oh, well, yeah. there's another scene later on with that, but we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. About that until you just <laughs> love that scene. <laughs> I thought everything in the film was eye candy. The people, the the sets, the LA look red and purple and um, neon. Neon. <laughs> there's a there's a there's another strange thing about LA is that it's it's the coldest place in the world, but it's the warmest place in the world. So you, you can you can, it's that feeling of stepping out into a Barbie balmy nights where you can sit out by the pool or you can you can walk around with, with you know just a t-shirt on and it's lovely and warm but it's cold and hard and, mm. and I felt like that the, the sort of colours in the film the the, uh, the design of it really captured that I thought the boyfriend Dean was really nice Bean he calls him Bean doesn't he Bean is your Bean. name Bean Bean no Bean yeah. yeah I thought he had that he was sort of casting couch cute 
Yeah. yeah. Big eye kind of innocence. And but the sick part of me was waiting for the scene where he was corrupted. I was like, mm. Mm. Well, he's the only that. character in the film who's not, isn't he? Basically, because yeah. when he sees what he's, Jesse's turning into, he like runs away, doesn't yeah. he? He's like, you can see what, what he's turning into. I always think with these films. Although he, there's a great line there where he says, You're, you know, why are you trying to be like them? I was like, No, they, I, I don't want to be like them, yeah. they want to be like me. Yeah. So yeah. Like, what my problem with these films is, is they always know that you're meant to cling on to this person who's the good guy who sees the person turning bad. But I'm always like watching it going, that girl's just being her. She's doing her thing. She, <laughs> she wants to be an empowered bitch. Let her be an empowered bitch. Yeah. So I think that says a lot about my character. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you want to, you also, you sort of want to see what happens. If she yeah. just be the empowered bitch, don't you? You want to see, see her make those mistakes. Yeah. But she's not there, is she? There's nothing powerful about She's nothing powerful at all. Mm. She's actually completely losing herself mm. to actually to, to to fit into that world and that's and to secure her position. Yeah. She actually doesn't do anything that's actually empowering at all. It feels weirdly like she's not the main character in the film. The film is actually about Sarah, but you're just seeing it from like the reverse angle. That's Because at the end of the day it's kind of it, I don't want to say too much about what the ending is, but you know it's it's yeah. Sarah it's Sarah that ends up I think we've hinted at it. You know, successfully comes out on top basically, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. Gigi doesn't. Yeah, Gigi isn't strong enough in the no. end. Sarah says the word, the line "I'm a ghost," mm. which I thought was really mm. really powerful moments actually. What I you know you talking about you talking about Jesse um not being empowered. What I found interesting was what, that moment when she said, "I'm not turning to them; they want to be me." Yeah. Before she even said that, I started to watch it slightly differently. I was thinking, "Hang on a minute, they're the vulnerable ones, those girls, mm. and yeah. she is the scary one." Because she's the one coming into their world and she's the one who, who is in... She's the one with the power. In their world. Yeah, yeah. she's undermining. Yeah. She's completely undermines them yeah. and they're slightly older than her. Yeah. And all, they suddenly go, even though they're actually all really young, because she's slightly younger than them and actually in reality is much younger than them. Yeah. <laughs> she's not 19 at all. Yes, she's 16. She's 16. All of a sudden their world becomes really, really shaky because actually suddenly all of a sudden they're, they're 20. Actually, yeah. they're too old because yeah. mm-hmm. there's somebody that's a, who's young. That's a line in the film, is it? Once you're 21, you're irrelevant yeah. in this industry. Yeah. And as well, one of the first lines when you go to that party at the start, how, how, can, how high can she climb and is it higher than me? And, and yeah. that's the theme of the whole film, basically. Yeah. Is it Jesse who says... Is it Jesse who says they carve and stuff and it is yeah. like towards the end, isn't yeah. it? She says they carve and stuff and inject and starve oh. themselves to look like a second rate version yeah. of yeah. me. That was amazing. Yeah. And it's at the point where she looks the most like them. Yeah. 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 But I was completely sold with that. Yeah. <laughs> that was it was crazy. brilliant. It's a, it is a brilliant line. And in a way, that sums up the whole of Kardashian culture. Mm. Yeah. I think the. the what the director's commenting on is just that's the superficiality of just Hollywood in general and yeah. that whole I mean people say the film itself is quite superficial but maybe that's the point you know he's yeah, giving you a superficial that. film about an industry that's superficial about a town that's superficial you yeah. know what I mean it's it's all facade yeah yeah. <laughs> and it's just reached such an extreme hasn't it because I think if you, yeah, if you you look at people who are famous, or I don't know, if you look at The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, for example, yeah. the longer you've watched that, the more surgery you can tell people have got and the less defined their features yeah. are. They don't the become the same they person. They the same person. It actually, though this is a film and a, and a, and a fiction, I, 
actually it's not very far away from the actual reality no, I don't think at it all. Is. I don't think it is at all. Yeah, no, it's not. I think everybody in the film, every character in the film, does fall under her power at some point. Apart from Dean, I think Dean's the only one who doesn't. Because the, uh, the guy who runs the show, I can't remember what his name is, is it like Zeke or something? There was a... Jack? No, not Jack's the photographer, isn't he? Oh, hang on, yeah. Who are we talking about? We're talking about uh, the, guy the final fashion show. The fashion show, the fashion director. Yeah. The designer, isn't it? Because even he, he, as soon as he sees her, he doesn't, he doesn't see anyone else in the room. It's like she's got this power. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm. If you're part of that world, then you, you want it. You want it for yourself. Yeah. You certainly move fast. What do you mean? You must be fucking him. Sarah doesn't let just anyone walk his collection. I don't think I'm his type. Why not? You're very masculine. I bet they made you do the casting. I didn't have to. I just come in and choose what I want to wear. But I'm not sure about the makeup this year. I think you look perfect. Yeah. Well, flattery will get you everywhere. You want to know what I had done, don't you? Well, I thought I'd get more work if I went down a cup size, so I'd look like a hanger, you know? But then my surgeon, Dr. Andrew, he pointed out a lot of other problems with my body. So I had them shave my jaw. I had a slight eyebrow lift, new nose, cheeks, inner and outer lipo. Oh, and they pinned my ears. Why? So I could wear a ponytail. Didn't it hurt? Anything worth having hurts a little. Besides, nobody likes the way they look. I do. Because you almost get that, like, a transformation scene almost, where she headlines the fashion show. Mm. They get this weird, bizarre, like, triangle, and she's, like, yeah. kissing the mirrors, and it's almost, it is almost like a transformation. That's, that's the moment, though, isn't yeah. it? That's the knee. That is that. So I was watching it thinking, okay, is that the knee on Dean? I think, I think that's what's supposed to be. That It's taken over her. That's yeah. the point yeah. where it takes over. Yeah. She falls she, in love with herself. Yeah. It is actually like the, the narcissist legend where he just becomes in love with his own reflection, isn't it? Yeah. And then drowns because, because, he of, tried, because of it. Yeah. And actually, it's, it is just that story, really, yeah. in the fashion world. Well, she gets pushed in a pool. <laughs> yeah, she just she just gets pushed in a pool. Yeah. I loved I just I did absolutely really, I loved yeah. this film. I thought he I, was. I remember when I, when I first saw it, I remember thinking, I, I think Martin would like this. I really loved it. I thought it was one of the most beautiful horror films I've ever watched. Mm. It almost isn't a horror film in mm. some ways, but I loved the whole feel of it. I loved how slow it was. I loved... Um, my boyfriend friend found it quite difficult, and he thought it was like two different films with the glamour and the mm. sleaze of the, um, the motel. <laughs> and that was... And that was true, but also he struggled where there was moments where there was just complete and utter silence. And I actually really loved that because I thought it was just like, it just felt like I was watching a vacuum and it was just like, this is just <laughs> symbolic of every personality that's there in the glass, yeah. so particularly of the girls. They're, they're completely and utterly empty except with desire. Yeah. There's just a complete vacuum and it was just, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, lo- I, I loved it for the first hour. And then I did think, it, for me, it lagged a little bit. And I, I, th- I felt like it just needed something a little bit more story-wise, basically. I, th- I felt like I needed a little bit more action. And normally I do like things that are still because I think we're so 
bombardments mm. with action these days and cliffhangers and twists and turns. Just watching something still is such is so refreshing, and you get to breathe and mm-hmm. enjoy the characters and stuff. But I think, I think a lot of it, in the end, I felt like for a horror film to really grab me these days, anyway, there's either got to be real shocks or real emotion. And for me, up until the mortuary scene, there was about twenty minutes or so where there were no there was no emotion, there was no shocks, and I felt I was a bit like okay. I've seen the neon before. I've heard the really fabulous mm-hmm. music before. You know, I get what it's about. I get the world. Just give it, give me a, a, a mm, This more. is my problem with it. Is that I kind of think it's a bit more. It thinks it's cleverer than it is at times. I think it thought it was telling something interesting about this world and knew about this world that you wouldn't have heard before. I've heard it many times before, and it's beautifully done and it's witty and I did enjoy it. But I just don't think it was quite as clever as I thought it was. Yeah. So the scene in the mortuary. <laughs> well, you, there's a scene that needs explaining first. Which one? When um, after Keanu Reeves tries to break in and rape her, and then instead rapes oh, the yeah. neighbour. Oh yeah. Um, room room two thirteen. Gotta be seen. So yeah. then she found Ruby and goes to Ruby's house. Yeah. Who then tries to rape her? Who then tries to rape her? I don't think I've ever seen a lesbian rape scene. I, I, I'm guessing you probably have seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the films you watch, you've probably seen this. Not that I'll admit to, like. <laughs> not in mainstream cinema. Uh, well, no, no. I don't know if I have. No, it's, I can't. It seems it's quite niche. Do you get a bit of it in, like, Winterblaze prison movies? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's another episode. That really is another episode. I'm trying to think of, like, a, yeah. But she runs away from one rape and then runs right into right another into another one. It's almost like there's no safety net, isn't it? No. That's, that's I, I love the fact that literally two lines off in my notes from that rape scene is me writing about how much I thought the makeup girl was really lovely and sweet. Yeah. And then like two, literally two notes later, she's raping the girl. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of a nice. But it starts twist. That, starts fairly innocently. She's just brushing the hair to you know. It didn't do. It didn't go. Um. It didn't do any. Work on the whole, all lesbians are psychos stereotype. This film does it, <laughs> but then it didn't paint anyone in a very good light, yeah. I suppose. But after, after that, um, so the scene where I thought, where I cheered and said, Yay, we're back to being a horror movie. So Ruby, who um, is a makeup artist on Dead People, climbs atop one of them and she made her up to look like Jesse, she and then she gets on top of the corpse and. Um, has sex with her basically mm. in quite a graphic shocking scene which I loved and it was crazy it was so horrible freaks the corpse and freaks herself and it, it's inter, yeah. it's like intercut with scenes of uh, Jessie like on the bed not as though she's sitting on the couch isn't she like all in like um, some clothes that she's left her so she's yeah. she's thinking of Jessie at home while she's molesting this corpse and it's like yeah it, <laughs> the shots of Jesse in like the house coat away. Yeah, yeah. It was always like a it was like a perfume. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Perfume ad. Like nonsensical perfume ads. Yeah. yeah I also, I'm, I've definitely not seen a lesbian rape scene and I've hundred percent never seen a lesbian necrophilia like mortician fingering yeah. scene. My We're very glad to hear that. Yeah. My husband referred to it as necrofiddling. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought the film needed more necro fiddling. She just seemed so innocent until like two minutes before. Like I just I think that's actually the best thing about her character is that she goes from this really sweet innocence to something that's so 
Okay. But I don't think she's as corrupt as all I of them. I don't think she ever. That's the thing. I don't think she ever. She's just hiding it better than them. Yeah. They're just bitches, but she's that underneath. But she hides it better because she the way she it. gets power is she pretends to be people's friends and gets in. That so way. do you think that's what? Do you think what the film is telling us is that there is no there is no redeeming feature to to anybody? <laughs> I think I, so. I mean, I, I thought I didn't get. I didn't get Ruby as an innocent character no. ever. No. I thought there was something sinister about her right from the very well, beginning. She did, she did add her phone number into her phone and took a picture of herself. Like that. That was very sinister. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I thought that's what like all young girls. But that's did. I mean, no, only in films. Oh, okay. in real life. Okay. So for a film, that was an innocent thing to mm. do. But I think there was just something. There was something yeah. implicit in her character that was sinister all the way. Through and I think if Jessie was sort of flirting with her, was doing a bit of power play, then yes, she did come unstuck because Ruby always had the power. Mm. I think Ruby always had the power, always will. And Ruby is like a, a model character, yeah, <laughs> in Hollywood and yeah. just goes around sweeping up new arrivals yeah. and bringing fresh them into meat. fresh meat right. and bring yeah. them into that world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I love the scene on the diving board, oh, yeah, because the. When it's the shot from below and it's looking up, it's yeah. like she's floating. It's yeah. just like mm. she's floating. It's, that adds almost like to the dress she's wearing as well. It does kind of add to like the fairy tale imagery of it as well. Yeah. Some of the musical cues as well, a lot through it. It's like stuff you do like in a Disney film almost, yeah. like the musical motifs. Is, is, yeah. I definitely think that that is what the director was trying to do. He's like putting this, this tale that everyone knows and trying to make it like a fucked up, twisted fairy tale. Mm. It's interesting you say that like Sarah saying I'm a ghost earlier on the film and I think on the on the, the diving board Jessie look is mm. almost ghost like with that ethereal yeah. dress, floaty yeah. dress. Yeah. It, it, she is almost ghost like yeah. before she's dead. <laughs> so then yeah, we're over. Are we gonna we may as well just spoil a few we'll spoil everything. So Gigi, Sarah and Ruby then gang up on Jessie and kill her and eat her, basically. Mm. Um what I thought was interesting was Jessie had all that power when she was different, and then when she became like them, she was weak. So it was doing that. It was be, it was trying it was becoming like them, that made her ultimately vulnerable. It was mm-hmm. an ultimate sort of undoing. They could get her like. Don't know, me, possibly, but I think it could be a can't. It could be like she doesn't realize that they can do that to her. You know what I mean? They think she thinks they just want to be me, mm. but they, they don't realize that she doesn't realize that they'll kill her. She doesn't realise how far people will go. No. And she's so unself-aware that she doesn't realise that actually it isn't them wanting to be her. It's that they don't want her to become them because she's the threat. They don't want her to be a better version of them. Or they eat her and they become a better version of themselves by eating. Well, that's a little bit going into the Elizabeth Bathory thing, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that. Because it's interesting that you don't even see that scene. You see see her getting pushed into the pool, don't you? Yeah. And then mm. you see them walking, and the next scene is just Ruby in the bath, covered in blood. Yeah. And they get that weird montage of she's just staring at them in the shower. Yeah. Lesbian showering blood off themselves. Yeah. But you don't actually see any of the actual eating or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, because that's a given, I suppose. Yeah. You see it in reverse. Well, a little bit. <laughs> you do see it in reverse. What an ending. I do, I do love the ending. Can, what do we think of Ruby pissing herself under the moonlight? Is it blood? Is it it's blood. Is it blood? blood? I couldn't work it out. It's Jesse's blood. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was blood vagina water. <laughs> I did like that scene though, where she's walking around just in pants 
and hose and things down. Pants and, yeah. and tattoos. Yeah, and she just lies down in like they've dug a little grave. Yeah, that was and good. She though, just though. lies down in the grave. Yeah. I think that again, that, that's another scene where it's like it looks like a fairy tale with all the flowers and yeah. the way it's shot is. I love the scene where he fires the model. Um, and just the two of them standing up there and he fires and hires the other and she goes that's not fair you, can, you can't fire me and she's yeah. like trotting after them in yeah. these ridiculous high heels it's yeah. so like dramatic but yeah just gonna play a bit they look so stylish it's unbelievable yeah. isn't the it? sunglasses yeah, when she's just standing there like, 10 foot tall mm. the other girls already ran off to like vomit somewhere and she's yeah. just standing there like like weird Mad Max armor or something yeah. like she's hot it is amazing they do look amazing and that the ending so Gigi pukes up an eyeball is amazing. Well, maybe the, the well, the what I got from that is that basically, you know, because she's the one who's had surgery, she can't handle. She basically can't handle. Oh, the she power. has a stomach. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> no, no, because well, she, she says so she at the start, you know, she's had loads of work done, nose and all yeah. stuff like that, and so because she's altered herself, you know, she can't handle the power. Yeah. But Sarah, who maybe hasn't, that's why Sarah's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know that Jessie's got this power in her that people can take, but she can't. Can't it. Yeah. And it kills I think what's kind of interesting about this film, and I, I think it comes up strong to some people, but I think weak to others, is that you don't actually give you any reason why they do it. Like, I think we all know why they're doing it. Like, they're after hair power and they're absorbing hair power, but it's never explicitly said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really rare. I don't anything like that where people are going to go off and eat yeah. someone. But you get a little clue, don't you? When she cuts her hand and she just tries to like drink a couple of Rubs but it's face. never specifically stated, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. But I think if, if you're a horror fan, you kind of know that trope anyway about you know like vampires and the mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I so think the treatment is intelligent for once. Yeah, yeah. I think I do think he's a good director, and I, 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 you know, I'm a big fan of. I think all all of his films are at least good. So I think so. I've only seen Drive, and I love that. Drive, I, I haven't seen any of the other ones. Yeah, Bronson. Any Bronson? I've never watched Bronson. Bronson. Really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, um, only God Forgives as yeah, well. I haven't seen that one. That's a bit more. That's probably more like Neon Demon than yeah. Drive. Yeah. Because it's it's like this slow paced and like kind of surreal. It go it cuts from like in a Thai karaoke to people getting their heads and arms chopped off. Right. <laughs> I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, out of the two, Neon Demon and Drive, Drive's my favourite. Yeah. Say that. And that's just because it is more. Sort of, so yeah, there's more mm-hmm. of a story. There's more yeah. of a story to it. Yeah. But as a piece of work, it's amazing. That's art. It's, it's a work of art, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is definitely a work of art. Um, and I think it's totally evocative yeah. of what it's trying mm. to say, what it's trying to show. I think the dialogue is the best bit for me. I love yeah. the look of it. The dialogue's brilliant, and the, I think the aesthetic of it is brilliant as well. I think yeah. that it gives you so much to work with as well. You can, you know, interpret it, and it doesn't treat you like an idiot like most horror films do, which yeah. is what I like about it as well. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, I think the story isn't exactly exciting to me, but the glamour and mm. the dialogue that comes with it more than make up for that. Mm. I'd it's, say positive. Yeah. Not blown away. Yeah. Does over the end credit Sarah, or you think it's Sarah? Well, it's, it's like filmed, a music video. It's like, it's like a music video, and she's just wandering oh, aimlessly through like the middle of desert. <laughs> Lana Del Rey video. Yeah. <laughs> the well, apparently, like the um, apparently that is actually almost like a perfume ad that the director yeah, yeah. did with Blake Lively, oh. and it's almost like the it's almost implicit that is Blake Lively actually 
Sarah. Oh, oh, oh that's yeah. how she became Blake Lively. That's how she became Blake Lively. Who did you cheese? Who did you cheese? That's Who did you eat, Blake? <laughs> 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 did you eat that seagull? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shark. Steven the seagull. Steven the seagull. Stole all his power. Stole all his modelling power. Yeah. Vomit up his beak now. Just one line that we skipped over, which I thought was great. So somebody who works in the service industry, I love the bit where they're in the diner. And she says, <laughs> I love that. Do you want to hear the specials? Why? You're not going to. Yes. Why? You're not going to eat them. Yes, but it works so hard to remember them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so passive aggressive. It's like another level. The fact that girls are there to hear it all as well. She asks, like, she asks it was all like weird substitutions. I'll, if I take this off, can I have that? And then, but you know, I just want me to know three coffees. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, they're only getting three coffees, but they yeah. just make it do it anyway. That's yeah. fucked. It is fucked. <laughs> Being yeah. through it, I know these people exist. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was one of, one of my picks of the best horror films of last year. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it was just too close to your two worlds, your two respective worlds yeah. of retail, you've fashion, seen it all before, and television. You've seen it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I've done all <laughs> the amount of people I have eaten to get writing jobs. <laughs> and that's how to do it. He did. <laughs> He's just. Is that the casting couch for? Casting couch, yeah. <laughs> Johnny is the casting coach. <laughs> <laughs> His face has been sat on many a time. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Oh. So, the neon demon. That's one way of looking at Hollywood horror, isn't it? It is. The neon demon. I, I think it's interesting that the, the, it got booze at Cannes. It got, like it? A, it got a standing, it wasn't a standing music, it was a standing boo. They all stood up to boo it. That's because so many people saw themselves in that. Yeah. that was, I thought exactly. I thought you know these That's, these shallow, false it. Hollywood people don't like being reminded that they're shallow and false. So yeah. that's, that's why. They and they're, they're eating people. <laughs> and, <laughs> they'll like, just give and the they, game and, away. And they are. Yeah. I mean, they may not be actually physically yeah. eating, but they that do. Know what they are yeah. actually physically consuming people mm. and their yeah. spirits and everything. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting point. It's, no, it's about having a popular Hollywood almost as well. Mm. Yeah. Just interesting. He's probably doing it himself. That you watched Starry Eyed, which 2015. Very, very, very similar. Very similar. Which do we prefer? Very similar themes. I I would prefer this. Yeah, I I prefer this. But that Starry Eyed got like just as many waves, if not more. Yeah, it it goes for the same. It's it's playing off the same trope, isn't it? It's it's going for the oh, you know, you can make it, but this is going for the actual. This is a cast and coach as well. Yeah. But I it's think this was thrown in a mix of Ruthie's baby as well and stuff like that. Yeah, this, this is a lot more stylish and better done. This was oh, yeah, yeah. This, in sure. every way. But that wasn't Starry Eyes. Was that a debut? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I did quite like the way it was, just like this really kind of you know slow paced, like thriller with a bit of a satanist angle and then just extreme violence for five minutes. <laughs> she smashes her face in with a hammer. It's like I just thought that didn't really go far enough in some parts and went too far in others. It was just yeah. one of those films that was a bit all over the place for me. I think Neon Demon is a better film. It's a better film. Yeah, it's been a weird year for things getting re-reviews though, hasn't it? Yeah. And that was one. And I looked at I looked at the reviews and it was like really high and I was like, it was alright, but and yeah. like Green Room as well, that like that yeah. was getting really high reviews. And, and now one's a bit Yeah. Which is ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Under the Shadow? Yeah. No, I was thinking of probably the only person here who liked Under the Shadows. A bit. I like 
I would still, it. I'd still only give it like what, like six or seven. I don't like... hate it. I hate the people who are gushing over it, yeah. and I, I, I don't hate them. But I wonder why they're gushing over it so much because we've seen all this before. We know why they're gushing over it. It's just well, from the yeah. granola belt. It's the granola belt. I do like that. Like literally, what the the bit that they're raving about is the fact that it's set in Iran, that kind of horror. But like that is great. But I would like to have seen a film set in Iran about. Where you're wondering whether she's actually going insane because of the wars making it insane. I thought that was where like it was that, going. like a shock trauma. I thought, kind mm. of I thing. thought that was where it was going. That would be a great film. That would be more Wood. interesting. This wasn't that. No, it was just a tacky ghost film in a different place. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was just. It was. Although it does inspire me to do the Jane Fonda workout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I tried it yesterday and I am in agony. <laughs> I don't want to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> That was the Neon Demon and 2016, and next time we'll be talking about whatever happened to Baby Jane, exploring more themes around fame and horror. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.